account this evening. Let's go ahead and get started in a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house and to worship and to praise you. Lord, we ask for your presence to be in our presence this evening. Lord, that you would speak to our hearts and give us exactly what we need to hear tonight. Lord, do thank you again for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, good evening. I hope all of you had a good afternoon. Uh, I got just a little bitty nap. Uh, not as, maybe not as much as I needed, but uh, I'm young enough to where I don't need a lot of sleep. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, and my nose is growing longer when I say that. I'm Pinocchio. Uh, okay, let's turn to uh, page 485. Page 485. Sunlight in my soul. Spirit's faithful to us, isn't he? Amen. Amen. To give us sunlight in our soul. Uh, okay, how about page 504? Page 504.
Let's love one another a little bit. Have some fellowship time. All right, well, good evening. Good to see everyone out this evening. Thank you for being here in the house of the Lord and looking forward to what the Lord has for us this evening. Hope and pray that you've had a good day in the Lord's house and uh, also at home. Um, I was asking Brother Greg if he got a nap in. He said, I got a little nap in, and then the phone rang. Isn't that how it happens? Every time you get to just fall asleep and it seems like the phone wants to ring or kids wake you up or something happens, and uh, I blame it on my kids, but, uh, but anyways, they, they told me the other day, Dad, could you please stop using us as illustrations? So I'm going to do my best to not use them so much. I'll just mention them every week. All right. But anyways, I hope and pray that you've had a good day. I know I have. I've enjoyed my day. 
and uh, we're going to get into the word today. Uh, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter number 4. I'm going to read a few verses here. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. The Bible says in verse 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight, I've finished my course, I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for this opportunity that we can come and uh, break open the bread of life and, Lord, just feast from the manna. And, Lord, uh, just uh, hear from your word tonight. Lord, I pray that you would uh, send your Holy Spirit, Lord, to uh, just to do a work in our hearts and to give us exactly what we need. Lord, I pray that you would convict us where we need convicted. Lord, I pray that you would convince us of our needs, and Lord, that we would, uh, Lord, those that uh, may not be saved, I pray that uh, you would convert them before it's eternally too late. Lord, again, thank you for what you're going to do. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul was writing here, and uh, Paul was writing to his son in the faith, Timothy. And Paul's telling Timothy that he's ready to meet the Lord. His time is is he's passing on the mantle, if you will. He's saying, okay, Timothy, it's your turn. And uh, there's coming a time that not everybody's going to listen to good sound uh, preaching. And it's time for you to take over. I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm passing over the reins to you. He says, I fought a good fight. And I finished my course. Paul's ready. My question tonight is this. Are you ready? Are you ready to meet the Lord? There in Amos chapter 4, the book of Amos chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, Prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. Are we prepared to meet the Lord? If the Lord was to come back today, are you ready? Uh, I I, uh, started thinking about this question. Am I ready? Am I ready to meet the Lord? Of course, salvation-wise, I know uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, if I was to die today, I'm going to heaven. If God was to come in the clouds and to call His church away uh, by way of rapture, I am ready for the Lord to, uh, to come. But then I started examining my life. Is my life pleasing to God? Would I be ashamed or would I be uh, excited about His appearing? Because the Bible says that He has a, 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 the Lord, the righteous judge, has a crown of righteousness uh, to give to them that love His appearing. Are you looking forward to His appearing? Are you ready for Him to come? It's sad to say that not everyone uh, is going to be ready. Not everyone that's going to be ready at His appearing. Not everyone's going to be excited about His appearing. In 1 John 3, 1, it says this, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. 
Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope, what hope? The hope of seeing him, says, hath this hope in him purify himself even as he is pure. Praise the Lord for those who are saved and uh, if the rapture comes or if the Lord chooses to take us home to be with the Lord, we're going to heaven. The Bible says there in Luke chapter 17, verse 35, two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be uh, taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. The Bible says in the moment, the twinkling of an eye. Folks, are you ready? Are you ready for the Lord to come? See, sadly, society will look around with no understanding as to what has happened. They have no idea what has happened to all the people, all the Christians that are gone. Often wonder what the world's going to think when all the Christians are gone. What are they, what are they going to think? But I can tell you this, they're going to believe a lie. The Bible says that. They're going to, I don't know, the media, the, they're going to say that uh, aliens invaded us and took all the people away and... They're going to have all kinds of different things to be said, but I can tell you this. The Bible says that we need to be looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's coming, folks. And uh, I haven't talked about this in a while, and I, I began thinking, I need to, I'm looking forward to it. You can't excite me anymore uh, than just to talk about the Lord's coming. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 3, And every man that hath this hope, in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. The word hope, uh, it's an interesting word, and it doesn't carry the, the usual meaning of what we think of today. When we say, I hope, I hope that I'm going to have a piece of pie when I get home. That's Brother Greg's prayer every night. I hope I get a piece of pie when I go home. Miss um, Suzanne says, I don't think so. There's no hope in that. But... You know, we, we have this thought, the, the word hope, we think, oh, it's I hope I get something. Or, But whenever we think of this hope that is talking about in the Bible, it's a, it's a guaranteed to happen. It's something that's it's going to, it's a sure idea. You see, the born again are not going to, uh, going around hoping that we'll go to heaven one day. I'm not hoping that I'll get there. Folks, I'm going. It's as if I'm already there. I mean, heaven is that assured to me that I, as if I'm already there. It goes right along. Uh, it's, it, the word hope means to anticipate, usually with pleasure, expectation or confidence, a faith or hope in. See, he that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. You want to know why so many Christians are going on in this life filled with the worldly enticements? Why they're filled their lives with that? They're not looking for Jesus. They're not looking. They're not excited about Jesus coming. There's no expectation. There's no real anticipation that Christ is coming. Do you honestly believe that His return is imminent? That He could come in a twinkling of an eye? Do you believe that? Do you honestly believe that God could come at this very moment? Do you believe that tonight? I believe that he could. And folks, if we would really get our, our minds wrapped around that thought that Christ could come just that fast in the twinkling of an eye, that's faster than you can blink your eye. 
if we believe that, if we truly believe that thing, then I believe that we would purify ourselves. As the Bible says, purify himself even as he is pure. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 22, verse 20, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus, John said. If we really believe that what this verse is talking about, that the Lord could come quickly in the twinkling of an eye, I believe that there are some things that we would want to make clean in our lives. Some things we'd want to clean up our acts, if you will. And I want to just share with some things with you tonight. Uh, number one, I believe we would want to make our hearts clean before God. Our hearts clean before God. I said this morning that our hearts are wicked. You know, the Bible says there in Matthew 15, 28, it says, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and with honoreth me with their lips, but their heart, their heart is far from me. Folks, we have the, uh, the amens and we have the uh, hallelujahs and we have all these things. We have the right words to say. But God is saying, hey, they honored me with their lips and with their mouths, but their hearts, their hearts is far from me. Can I share with you the problem that happened in Florida here a few days ago? It wasn't a gun problem. I thought I'd hear a few more amens on that. It wasn't a gun problem. It was a heart problem. It was a heart problem. That was what's, what's going on in our society today. It's not a gun problem. It isn't a, a, a Democrat problem. It isn't a Republican problem. It's a heart problem. And that's what the problem with our society today is. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Folks, until we get our hearts right with God, until we get our hearts pure with God, listen, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. The Bible says it's going to wax worse and worse. See, our hearts are desperately wicked. We need to keep our, the Bible says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Can I tell you, our heart is saved through salvation. Aren't you thankful that we have a new heart, a heart transformation, transportation. God gives us a new heart. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19, He says, And I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take, that, uh, take uh, the stony heart out of the flesh, and will give them a heart of flesh. Are you ready for Him to come? Are you, have you been saved? I hope that's everybody's testimony in here tonight. If, if God was to come in the next few moments, are you prepared to meet God? I'm talking about salvation. Are you prepared? Do you know beyond a shadow of doubt? Do you know for sure if God was to come today, if He was before the service was over, do you know for sure that you're going? Do you know that for sure? Because if you don't, I wouldn't wait until this invitation time's over. I would get it settled right now. Folks, because we're not promised another breath. And if we truly believe that God's return is imminent, that nothing has to happen, that He could come back before I finish this message, folks, if you're not saved, you need to get prepared right now. Right now. A heart is saved through salvation. Is there joy in your heart when you think about His return? I remember when I was a little kid, I wasn't sure about salvation. I just wasn't sure about it. I remember the preacher... Brother Bernard was preaching one time. I remember it. And this was 35 years ago. 
I remember him up there preaching, just going to town about preaching on salvation. And I was scared to death right then that Jesus was going to come. Why was I scared? Because I wasn't saved. If God would have came at that moment, I would have died and spent eternity in hell. See, we're saved through salvation. You know, is there, is there joy in your heart when you think about His return? Or is there a, a lump the size of a football when you think about it? Then, not only is our heart saved through salvation, but I see our heart is strengthened through sanctification. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2.13, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Sanctification is that growing process after you're saved. And... Uh, it's a time of growing on, going on to perfection, as, as spoken of in Hebrews. Growth in, a, uh, in Christ will produce a clean vessel. As we draw nigh to God, he, draw nigh, he draws nigh to us. And then I see that our heart is cleansed through the Scriptures. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.26, that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the Word. Folks, you want to you know what will cleanse our hearts? The more we read God's Word and apply it to our hearts. The Bible says in John 15, 3, Now ye are clean through the Word which I have spoken unto you. It's God word, God's Word that makes us pure and clean. When you get your heart exposed to the Word of God, then there will be a cleansing cycle that goes on and takes place. That cleansing comes from the reading of God's Word and apply it in our lives. If your heart's not clean, it's probably because you're not washing it with the Word of God. Can I tell you that, that man that went that... It was a man, 19-year-old man. You want to call him a man? That went in on that shooting spree. Can I tell you, you know what his problem was? His heart, his heart, it's wicked, it's wicked. Our heart is cleansed through the scriptures. I wrote in the, the, in the front of my Bible, either sin will keep you away from this book, or this book will keep you away from sin. And if you, tr if you truly believe and understand what that's saying, I tell you what, next time you have the wrong kind of thought, go to the Word of God and start reading. See if God doesn't cleanse your heart. Next time you have that wrong uh, temptation, go to the Word of God. Romans 15.4 says, For whatsoever things that are written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. The Word of God will cleanse your heart, but then I see our heart is renewed through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, through confession. The Bible says in 1 John 1.7, But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sins. The Bible says that David said this in Psalm 51 too, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. 1 John 1 9, if I confess my sins, He's faithful and just to cleanse me of my sins and uh, uh, forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. If we are thoroughly convinced that Jesus was coming, listen, if you're truly convinced that Jesus is coming, 
I believe that we would want our hearts right with God. Our hearts clean. But then I see the next thing is we'd want to make our minds clean, our heads clean. I'm thinking... Paul deals there in Philippians with the, the, the head a lot there. He, I believe we need to keep our mind on the gospel. In Philippians 1.27 it says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Folks, you know what the problem with our society today? We're so worried about everything else but not worried about the things of God. The word conversation, you know what that word means? It means your testimony means your testimony, what you talk about, what you think about. I can tell you this, if our mind is thinking on the gospel, it's hard to think about anything else but the goodness of God and salvation. When I think about the gospel, I think about what the Lord has done for me when He died on the cross of Calvary. That's what the gospel is, is a death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. If we would just think on these things... I think about, when I think about that, I think about what He's done for me in the past, what He's doing for me currently, and what He's going to do for me in the future. I know that if we're, we would make the gospel of Jesus Christ a focal point of our thinking, and I'm not saying we have to be uh, 24-7, we're you know, uh, crazy fanatics. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about thinking of the things of Christ, having our minds focused on Him. See, it would purify our thinking process. But I believe it would, we need to keep our mind not only on the gospel, but keep our mind on God. There in Philippians 2.10 it says, That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of the things in heaven and the things in earth and the things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We need to stay focused on the Lord, folks. He is worthy to be praised. One day, one day every tongue shall confess and every knee shall bow down before a holy, righteous God. If we will force our mind to dwell on the Lord Jesus Christ, He's the one we're serving. He's the one we're living for. He's the reason I do what I do. We just finished the Christmas season and Christmas is all about Christ, right? We focus on, but can I tell you, the truth of the matter is, is every day is all about Christ. For the Christian, that's why we live, for Christ. What did Paul say? To die is gain, but to live is Christ. See, if we can just keep Him as the center of our focus, that would cause us to purify our hearts and our minds. Colossians 3 2 says, Set your affections. Such the things that you, you really think about, that you got your heart set on. Set your affections on things above, not on the things of the earth. We're so worldly-minded, folks. All these things. Can I tell you, your new cars, your new houses, your 401ks, and all your, all your money, it's going to burn. You can't take it with you. Set your affections on things above. I believe that will purify our minds, but also we need to keep our minds on the gospel, keep our minds on God, but keep our minds on the goal. 
Philippians 3.14 says, I press toward the mark of the prize for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is your goal? To get rich? No. Is your goal to early uh, to retire early? No, that's not your goal. To gain popularity and prosperity? No, that's not your goal. Your goal is to be pleasing to the Lord and to be pressing for the Lord. To continue fighting the good fight. Paul said, nothing is going to, to, to make me change my mind. Nothing's going to alter my opinion. Nothing's going to turn me around. Nothing's going to discourage me. I'm going to, uh, to the end and I'm going to fight the good fight for the cause of Christ. I'm going to press towards the mark. Folks, I'm telling you, if we, would truly, if we truly thought the Lord was coming today, I believe that our minds would be on the goal of pressing towards the mark of the high calling in God. But then we need to keep our minds guarded. Philippians 4.8 says this, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Then it goes on to say, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last of your care of me have flourished again, wherein ye, have, ye are also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. But not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. To be content. How could Paul be so in control of himself? He had his, the right kind of thinking. That's why verse 11 was no problem for him. He can be content in whatever state he was in. Why? Because his mind was stayed on thee. Folks, I'm telling you, if we would just purify our hearts and our minds, we get ready, be ready, prepared to meet the Lord. Make sure your mind is on the things of God. But then I want number three, make sure your hands are clean. The Bible says in James 4.8, Draw nigh to God, and ye, He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Colossians 3.23, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, and not unto men. Folks, you know why so many we get upset? Because people don't appreciate us. Anybody ever been upset because someone, they didn't appreciate, somebody didn't appreciate what you did? Sure, we all have. We've all been there. But can I tell you what revolutionized my, my mind and my life was this. When I was, went to go do something for someone. I was talking to Brother Taylor and they did not appreciate it. I mean those people did not appreciate it. We worked all day. Two or three days. I mean sweat out in the hot sun. They didn't, we were building a wheelchair ramp. They didn't come out and offer us water. They didn't come out and say thank you. They didn't say anything to us. And I was mad. I'm like, these people don't even appreciate it. Well, Brother Taylor told me, he goes, why are you doing it? Because you're making me. <laughs> he says, well, you know why I'm doing this? Because God told me to do it. He says, so that way, if they don't appreciate it, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm doing it for God. That changed my whole mind towards doing things for people. I don't do it for you anymore. I do it for Him. That way, if you don't appreciate it, it don't, I don't care. 
Because I want to be pleasing to Him. I'm not looking for men's applause. I'm looking for His pleasing. Folks, that will change our hearts if we would just have our minds stayed on Thee. The things I do with my life should reflect the God that I serve. What if the Lord was to return when you were looking at something on the TV or internet that you shouldn't be looking at? Would you be excited? Would you have that? Would you receive that crown of rejoicing with anticipation and excitement that Christ is coming when He knows that you're watching those things on the TV that you shouldn't be or looking at the magazines or the internet that you shouldn't be looking at? What about what if the Lord was to come and you're in the middle of doing something you shouldn't be doing? I'm talking about make sure your hands are clean, folks. We need to be prepared to meet God. He's coming. He could be right now. He could be right now. We need to keep our minds clean. We need to keep our hearts clean. Keep our hands clean. The Bible says, Whatsoever thy findeth to do, do it with all thy heart. Do it with all thy heart. But then I believe the last thing is make sure our homes are clean. Many would be embarrassed to come home and find the Lord sitting on our couch. I'm not talking about cleansliness. Because we would be real embarrassed. I'm talking about there's little to no evidence that Christ lives in our home. The things that are in our cabinets, the things that are in the fridge, many would, be would not be thrilled to find him reading the literature that's on our, on our shelves, watching a movie that's in our cabinet. See, the American home, they're in shambles, folks. And we wonder why. It's because there's no evidence of God in our schools. There's no evidence of God in our homes. There's no evidence of God in our government. Why is America in the place that she's in today? That's the reason. That is the reason. A purified home is a home where each member of the home has a high regard and respect for each other and for the Lord. Why is it that so many times we have more respect for other people than we do our own family. 1 John 3.3 3 says, And every man hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. It didn't say purify later. Not should purify. Rather, right now, it's in present tense. Purify even as he himself, even as he is pure. Are you looking with anticipation of the Lord's return? Are you going to receive that crown of righteousness for looking with anticipation for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior? Folks, it could be today. I believe that we need to get our hearts right before God. I believe that we need to get our heads, our minds cleansed before God. I believe, folks, that we need to get our, our, our hands clean. I believe there may be some things in our homes that we just need to get rid of. Folks, I'm talking about getting our lives prepared to meet the Lord. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. The thing of it is, folks, and we may have struggled in the past, but we can come. I, I taught 
the teenagers this morning, and I talked and told them, hey, we could start afresh. We could start afresh. You know, we've messed up. Maybe we've messed up in the past. What the... That what we need to do is we need to come before God and, uh, and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Don't make excuses. Lord, I'm sorry. I haven't been what I, I should have been. I haven't been doing the things I should have been doing. God, forgive me for I've failed you and I've sinned against you. Lord, I want to do right. Help me to do right. Help me to live for you. Folks, I believe we need to get some things right before God. Why is our churches... Today in shambles, why are our homes in shambles? Why is our country in shambles? It's because our hearts are not clean before God. Our, our minds aren't clean before God. Our hands are dirty before God. And our homes are not clean before God. Won't you find a place at the altar? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I do thank you again for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I thank you for speaking to my heart how you have, Lord, how you've done such a work in my life, and Lord, I ask that you would continue to, uh, Lord, bring things to my remembrance of where I've failed you so many times, and Lord, I pray that every heart and mind and their hands and their homes would be pure before you today, Lord, that we can, uh, Lord, be prepared to meet you. If you were to come tonight, Lord, I pray that this altar would be full, Lord, if we truly believed it, this altar would be full, when our hearts would be getting cleansed before you and asking for forgiveness. You said there in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, if we truly believe that you were coming, help us, help us to believe that. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you stand to your feet? Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly. I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar. God spoke to your heart about something tonight. Won't you come? Is your heart prepared to meet God? What about your mind? Have you been thinking on the things of God or are you thinking about what's going to happen throughout the week? What about your hands? What are you doing with your life? about your home? Is your home what it should be? I can honestly say before you that I can see areas in my own life where my heart's not right with Him. Where my hands have been dirty. My mind hasn't always been stayed on Him even my home I've asked God to help me I'm going to be pleasing in the sight I want to look forward to that blessed hope looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior
may be seated. I'm going to give you just a few announcements as the ushers come forward take up this evening's tithes and offerings. I want to remind you that uh, this next following Sunday, next Sunday is our sanctuary day. We're going to be taking up a special offering for our parking lot. So everything that comes in that's not designated to tithes or to our missions program will go towards the, uh, the parking lot fund. And uh, Lord will be getting that done this year. And then also uh, after uh, next Sunday evening, the teens will be having the service. And so uh, you come and support our teenagers. That's next Sunday evening. Then after our Sunday evening service, we'll be doing this on the fourth Sunday of every month. We'll be having um, some cakes, some desserts, and, and things to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries for the month. And so we'll have a little uh, social after uh, after our services next Sunday evening. And then I want to remind you, prayer breakfast is March the 3rd at 9 o'clock. Everyone's welcome to that. And then afterwards at 1030, uh, ladies will be asking you to stick around for, uh, we're having a baby sh a shower for uh, baby Amos. And uh, then at, we're also, the men, I'm asking you to stick around. We're going to do a work day here uh, just for a couple hours while the ladies are here war um, doing the baby shower. And we're going to uh, just get some things tidied up around here. Going to get this shelter put away and just some different things such as that. So that's on March the 3rd. All right, I think that's all the announcements I have. Brother Caleb, sir, would you please ask a blessing? Dear Lord, I just come before you just thank you again for the opportunity to have been here tonight. Lord, uh, just help us to always be mindful that we represent you and help us to uh, just... Remember to live our lives accordingly and to try to follow the example that uh, you set when you were here on earth. Lord, during this time of offering, just please truly help us to have open and cheerful hearts and uh, not give grudgingly, but give in a manner that is glad that we can just give a little bit back of all that you've blessed us with. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let's all stand. We'll close in a word of prayer. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Greg, sir, would you close this in a word? 